You not Let's ready? I think I'm ready. You gonna spark it and start it. And start it. And anything. No, we already finished smoking it. Yo, you know what's weird? It's like, I hate social media. Because when you scroll now, because like, I haven't been on social media for a while. So what happens is, is now I see niggas and like, it's like a whole a whole new person. It's a whole new experience, you know? Because it's like, I don't even remember who people you change. are. And people, people do change. change. So now, and you got a whole new face, a whole new identity. You got kids, whole new relationships. You live in Sometimes whole new different places. Sometimes you got a whole new gender. That should be. It's just ridiculous sometimes to just see the updates on Facebook. Like, But that's why, you know what? This is a perfect time for me to say that don't just because you see somebody that you knew don't mean that that's the same person that you knew can we clarify so just because <laughs> you knew somebody 10 years ago does that mean that person is still I, matter of fact they still doing the same shit they were doing 10 years ago facts uh question that shit for a big big fake <laughs> big fact big 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 fact big facts and on that note, welcome back to the motherfucking Dope Thoughts Podcast. Hey, yo. I hit the wrong what button. The fuck? I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I'm high. Hit the wrong button. You know Fat what? Finger. You know what? <laughs> Let's be completely honest. This entire episode has been a struggle bus episode from its inception. We've tried to record this multiple what, three times. times already. It's just funny because we're almost a day late we're not technically late like we're, we're actually <laughs> recording and releasing this episode on a monday it which is, is 10 kinda... 10 p.m we are cut we are sliding in home we're sliding in fourth we're just making it we're it's i don't just even ridiculous. like baseball it's been crazy um to start things off we want to congratulate ourselves and congratulate you guys for hey being for being here and also being a part of this experience last week was the one year anniversary of the motherfucking podcast. I just like to say it myself sometimes. <laughs> okay, my bad. I thought you were trying to say <laughs> nah, nah, something. Nah, 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 I'm glad you did it. But um, I'm just saying that I'm telling the peoples that I'm corny. It's just crazy because around this time last year, um, we were having a snow day. Oh yeah, it was our first snow day of the first year. First snow day of the year last year, and um, we oh, were like, what a simpler fuck time. It. <laughs> the year it was, it was simpler, no mask. You know, shit was good. Shit was real good. You could go to the park. You didn't have to worry about shit. This is before we found out niggas was draining kids for blood. Oh, my God. You know, before all this crazy shit. It was just, it was it was simpler times. Much more simpler. You know? But um, it's been a fun experience for us. We, You know, we, we originally started off as the Puffy and Smoky experience. Yes. But, and uh, then uh, in later episodes, I incepted Puffy. And uh, I told him it sounds too much like Rogan's shit. Yeah, it wasn't as original as niggas thought it was. So we had to come up with something else, you know? And that's that's and where we are now. Props, props. Let me say, I was the first to hate. But Puffy also came up with a current uh, name. And I think it fits us perfectly. Yes, I do too. So props and shout outs to you, babe. Thank and you. props and shout outs to us and you guys. Shout out to motherfucking Derek, my sensei, the motherfucking designer of the logo as well. Um, it's been great. We've been having amazing guests come on. You know, we've had 
we've done a lot of we're shit. We're stoked, actually. We're so excited to have more guests coming through. Yeah. We have a couple, like, really, really exciting ones coming up next. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. We're not going to ruin it just yet. Right, but stay tuned, basically. Yeah, you know, but there's many more guests to come. We've released some apparel that you guys can still get at the Pudgy Productions website at www.pudgyproductions.com. And there's more apparel to come down the line. We've just been occupied with the COVID to really get some other shit popping. But there's no excuses anymore. We're going to make it happen. But if anybody's interested in pottery, that's right, pottery, uh, pottery. I heard pot. (laughs) Yeah, well. I want some pot. Yeah, me too. We're already high off pot news. Um (laughs) (laughs) yeah you get it i am pot news yeah you get it (laughs) and then soon Um, hopefully fingers crossed we'll have more consistent like visual aspects to go along with but real quick i'm having a pottery update on the website pudgy productions on saturday 12 12 at 12 p.m noon eastern standard time Okay, quick plug. I was gonna let you do that at the end, but she did it real early. She was like, "Listen, I'm, to... I'm coming out quick like a Puerto Rican baby." All right. Oh wow! <laughs> Damn! <laughs> With the quickness. And on to our first segment of the motherfucking episode. Uh, yo! Shout out to the House of Representatives. Facts. Um, you don't hear me say that often. That is definitely true. These motherfuckers did some monumental, amazing things. They actually voted to end the federal ban on marijuana, which they are actually going to change and get rid of that name and call it its true name, cannabis. So that's really, really dope to fucking hear. It's not called cannabis. It's called cannabis. What happened was earlier, I I, I time traveled and I hit the button too early. I saw this coming and I was like, I knew I was going to need to hit this button. And like, this is when I needed to hit the button. Don't you dare try and recover from from your fuck up Mm -hmm. on top of my corny joke. Are you kidding? That's trying to, you tried to double me up like you double up an Uno. I I double dipped on your ass. That's disrespectful. You can't, you can't latch your, your shame onto my shame. That's not how shame works. Well, it's all good. The House of Representatives tried to fix the country's shame as they tried to clear things up on the war on drugs. Because they selling weed because they ran out of money. Yeah, straight up. These motherfuckers, the final vote was (laughs) 228 to 164. Which is great. And now, this is the first time since the 70s, cannabis will not be treated as equal to heroin and PCP. So marijuana will no longer be a Schedule 1 fucking drug. Yes. It's about fucking time. Think about the millions of lives and fucking hundreds of thousands of people a year. Actually, people make more than 600,000 marijuana arrests a year. Not not people, the police. <laughs> the police, my bad. So Mar- th- this whole war on drugs has altered and basically destroyed millions of lives over the years. And now finally, things are starting to change. And it's amazing to be a part of that. You know, part of that generation that is actually actively changing the stigma on cannabis with active research. You know, like not even just lobbying <laughs> and all that other fun shit. But, like, people are putting the research and the money 
where their mouth is, and they're making shit happen. And it's just really dope to, to see it all come into fruition, honestly. Yo, quick sidebar. It's, like, relevant, not relevant, relevant. Uh, in, like, I don't know, let's call it 40 years, we're going to be talking about this time. We're going to be talking about the COVID times, and we're going to be talking about exactly what you said, like, living through this and living through the change and the legalization and in a positive direction. And I'm pretty stoked about that. But another thing to think about is like, our kids are gonna look back at this and go, y'all realize that they got y'all doped up and high before they crashed the country, right? And we're gonna go, mm-hmm. Well, they need to give us drugs <laughs> so niggas can shut the fuck up. Like, that's what I really think about I, it. Because shit is going to get worse. And I think that's what they're telling us. They're I like, think here the goes Walking your Dead, weed. You know what? I think The Walking Dead was perfect. Because The Walking Dead is what happens when you have a country where alcohol is completely legal and weed isn't. Now, if you have a country where weed is legal, um... Everyone just kind of fall back. You know, people only come out because of fucking... Oh no, what's gonna happen with things like Pokemon Go? Do you think people will social distance with Pokemon Go? Nigga, Pokemon Go is having a whole fucking event right now for all oh. my nerds. That's insane. You're not in the circle, but for all my nerds out there, Pokemon Go is actually circle. having um, a monthly ongoing event. There are special shiny Pokemon that you can get at the gyms at what? specific times, and there are specific things that you have to do to encounter certain animals in the wild. Um, so if you guys are really into that shit and you're trying to catch or capture some really dope Pokemon, they they actually have the exclusive pink shiny Celebi is one of the Pokemon I saw, which is really dope. I'm sorry I'm nerding out right now because I've been really contemplating on getting back into Pokemon and I saw this event and I looked at all the Pokemon. I got mad hype and then the nigga saw it was Pokemon Go and I was like, I don't go outside. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold outside, nigga. When the sun go down before 4 o'clock, Phil, don't go outside. So that's the correlation right then and there. If I can't watch the sunset, I don't go outside. Shut up, I kick in your throat. Um, wow. But, First of all, how you... So the Pokemon Go shit. I'm telling you, I check that out. If you're really a Pokemon Go person, <laughs> fanatic, look into it. And if you get some of those Pokemon... Let a nigga know if you don't need them, cause I do. I ain't got my Pokedex full yet, so holla at your boy. But um, I, I, ain't we supposed to be talking about the House Representatives making this weed thing popping? Yeah, I'm not sure how this whole Pokemon Go thing got You're this funny. out of hand. <laughs> um. So and then it's funny going back to our conversation. What were you gonna say? I'm cutting you off. My bad. Nah, that was it. I'm just laughing. That was oh. hilarious. <laughs> that just turned into. That took a mind Oh, because you're talking about our kids in the future. And then talking about us doping us up and having everything crash. Okay, now I remember. Okay, I remember. Yeah, I still remember, but it was just funny. So now, currently, with the pandemic ongoing, legal cannabis powers about a quarter of a million essential jobs. And right now, currently, one in the three Americans lives in the state where cannabis has some sort of legalization happening. So it's one of those things where, again, everybody's mindset towards cannabis as a whole is starting to change. Um, And what's really cool with this new act that they're kind of enacting, the MORE Act, which is what's causing the whole change 
there's a lot of good things that they're talking about that's going to happen, which is dope, and we're really excited about. The The biggest thing, um, like how we've seen in California and Colorado, there's going to be a tax incentive that's going to mm-hmm. be put on the sale of every cannabis product. It's going to be a 5% sale tax. And what that is going to go towards is an opportunity trust fund. And what the opportunity trust fund will fund or what that money will go towards is um, programming in the communities that will obtain, you know, job training, reentry services, legal aid for civil and criminal cases and criminal expungement um, programs of cannabis convictions, literacy programs, youth recreation and mentoring programs, because we definitely need those health education programs and services to stress. I mean, a stress. Wow. Address. To a- address any um, collateral consequences individuals or community face as a result of the war on drugs and the administrate administ- um, administrating substance use treatment services for individuals who adversely who were adversely impacted by the war on drugs basically it's going to do a whole bunch of things where they're going to take that money and rebuild these exact same communities and to help all these black people who were unfortunately targeted and who become who have fall victim to the war on drugs I'm sorry, I'm a little tongue-tied right now. It's the, a little bit of the adrenaline mixed with the weed. Got a nigga feeling like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't judge me. My bad. I'm, I'm really excited for this. I think the real reason I'm more excited than anything is because I've been holding back this news, but fuck it, I'm going to say it. Um, one of my childhood friends was actually one of the people working on the lobbying staff to make this legislation come into place. And we will be having her on a guest on the podcast next on the next episode. So we'll have more details, more insight, more understanding of what said more act will be doing um, for the communities if it were to continue and to go into place. But as we all know, there's still more steps that it has to go through. And hopefully we'll see what happens when it goes to Senate. Um yeah, there are. That, that's what it really comes down to because the Senate is mostly, mostly ran by Republicans right now, as we all know. But don't worry about that shit anyways because we're going to talk more about that when she come on the podcast. Yeah, so make sure you tune in for that episode. Yeah, straight up. So I'm really excited for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, black girl magic. It's going to be dope. <laughs> I haven't seen her in so long. It's just cool. So just just hope you guys are looking forward to that one as much is as we are. Is it going to be a Skype thing or is it going to be a phone call? Um, it's going to be Skype. Okay, dope. I think we're going to Skype. We'll, we'll play around. We'll figure it out. I'm going to make it happen. Word. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about politics, I guess we could talk about global politics real quick. What about what's happening in India? What about that farming situation? <sighs> So right now, there are thousands of people around the world that are currently protesting for the current change. Especially in in London. London specifically because there's a large population of um, Indian immigrants that have migrated to live in London. Um, But it's it's happening everywhere. (laughs) As they Uh, should. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, basically. Um, But basically, there's a new law. In India, that is going to be affecting most specifically India's agricultural economic groups, specifically the farmers, specifically the small time farmers. Exactly. So, like your small mom and pops, like not any huge place that focuses on one and two crops, but maybe a place that has 
a little bit of a whole bunch of shit, for example. Or they sell just one thing, but, it's, you know, healthy amount. So India is passing this new farming legislation, and it's going to be, or it's going to be amending three specific, or in, introducing three new laws to its current farming legislation that is going to basically encourage the farmers to sell their goods directly to big companies or major companies. And the government for a long time has been the middleman for the farmers to these companies by guaranteeing minimal prices for certain crops right and now what's going to happen is the law says that farmers will still have supposedly price assurances but the farmers don't trust the language the language is very vague again these are farmers mm -hmm. we're not going to sit and sit here and say that there's a educational gap no, nah, but like, dude, anytime a lawyer types something, it's a different language. You, it's like lawyers need, it, it's it's literally like you need Google Translate, but only you have to hire somebody who's like $400 a fucking hour just to Google Translate it for you. The jargon That's lawyer is, speak. The jargon is very fucked up, and the problem that the farmers are having is that these laws were put into place without having any discussion with any of the farmers or the lobby groups associated with the farmers. So the reason why this is an issue for everyone as a whole and why we think people should be talking about it more than there's actually being light put onto it is because India ranks third in global manufacturing in the world among 48 of the leading nations. You know, and the top two ahead of India of a core are, of course, China and the United States. Mm. So... Agriculture is the largest source of livelihoods in India. 70% of its rural households still depend on some type of agriculture to kind of provide for their livelihood. And 82% of the farmers are being small farmers or marginal farmers. So these guys basically don't make any money at all, little money, or they're barely making it by. And when you're talking about this type of legislation that's going to be affecting the wages of 70% of your population, the conversation you have with this community of people is of critical importance. And there was no communication that was done. And the people are upset. And the thing is, is again, the, the taxes that the, the farmers are really upset about are 2%, excuse me, I think it's 4% to 6% taxes um, for every sale that these guys make. But you got to think about it. Like, that, that's a lot of money, especially when you're talking about a whole, a whole country's economy. You know, like, that, 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 that's a lot, man. That's monumental. Um, keep going with some more statistics. India is the largest producer in the world, basically, just about. They produce 25% of the global production. But and they also they're uh, some of the greatest consumers too, because they're twenty seven percent of the world's consumption as well, and importer fourteen percent. So India does a lot of stuff. Like farming is a big part of what it is. Like um, Gandhi made it. Like if Gandhi made it, I, I think that's what they were talking about. Also, like it made it something for the Indian people to be more proud of. Yeah, you know? he basically, he, he rallied the people around uh, an idea where they can become independent and do something for themselves. It's the same thing that they did with the American dream. You know what I'm saying? They pitch you something and then suddenly everyone's doing it. Not, you know, uh, but, you know, 
there's something important to think about too in all of this you know while we're talking about all the statistics and the facts is what what do you do when actually you know what let's finish these statistics real quick because i there's some that's some crazy shit that i just saw so Uh, and then to, to end it all off it's just one of those that india's the longest the reason we're talking about this again is because the indian economy is very very dependent on the amount of money that is produced from its agri- agricultural um, sector, like that's the biggest thing. The Indian country as a whole, that its its leaders have been pushing for a while um, to basically industrialize the country more, and in the process of them doing that, um, or wanting to favor industrializing the country more. They're trying to basically, quote unquote, create more jobs in other places. But the thing is, is in the in the process of them doing that, there's a lack and there's a gap because now they have too many farmers because this lifestyle was once idolized, was once a good thing. They push for the country to become self-sufficient. But after the 1950s, after World War Two, once, you know, the introduction of, you know, these big machineries. Once the introduction of um, uh, what the fuck is it called? Pesticides and other fertilizers and things of that nature, so that they can actually grow a lot more crops a lot better. They were able to become one of the largest producers in the world. So now, when your economy again has grown because of this thing, when you put these taxes on these people, it's gonna fuck up your GDP. And because the country has been pushing towards industrializing. Its GDP has been declining on the agricultural's contribution towards it. So now, again, when you're talking about you, you get cutting people's wages, it, it means a lot. And India, again, our last couple of statistics that we'll talk about, it, it accounts for a quarter of the world's hungry people. So over 190 million people are undernourished in India alone. So you got to think about it. India has one of the biggest populations. They have, I don't know, I think it's like 1.2 billion people. They are one of the largest producers in global foods. And then they also have one of the largest populations of just malnutrition slash hungry people. So when you look at all these things and... The picture doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And the government... The government, again, is not talking to the farmer. It's not talking to the right people. Well, my thing is, is nobody's talking to one another right now. The farmers are out on the streets trying to protest and trying to have a conversation. While at the end of the day, I understand. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't get why the government is mandating and doing these tax reforms. I completely understand. You have a country where all of your people, damn near 80% of your fucking people, which is a whole lot we're talking billion plus the united states is still in the millions and that's a huge damn difference you should look it up but i was very surprised by the difference i'm not trying to be patronizing um but that that's a that's a grand difference so we're talking 80 percent of that population is farming so what do you do you get what i'm saying that's also debilitating for a country that's trying to grow and trying to to match the other kind of growing, modernizing so really, superpowers. The current supposed population in India is 1.4 billion people. That's a lot of fucking people. 
So again, that's a large number for 70% of your households to be dependent on agricultural livelihoods. Small agricultural livelihoods. So, because I understand at the end of the day what they're trying to do. They're like, okay, well, at least if we can you know, push some of these to become more industrialized, which they should give the incentives more to the... I don't know. I feel like it, it should. But they they did it. I, I feel like it could have been done better. But, but just starting to touch upon something because there's something closer to what's happening in the United States, where we give a lot of the the handouts to these big companies and we fuck over small businesses. Yes, we do yeah, have small business grants. Yes, we will allow somebody easier to open up a smaller business than the bigger business. But once that small business is up on its own, that it's motherfucker yeah, he got to figure it out. And when, if they don't figure it out, they're just gonna go under. You know, so it's things like that where it's just like it's kind of fucked up here again. Where it's just one of those, the 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 country as a whole push for one type of mindset, and then once the global economy adjusted, and now it's not necessarily needed for them to be producing all this food, you know, because obviously it's not good for their GDP to or be they producing should just all stop this food. Exporting some of it, and they should start self distributing. You have fucking so many of your people again we're not economists so i don't necessarily know what's the smartest thing for them to do maybe we actually have an episode where we talk about global economics and global politics with someone who actually studies this and is an expert Word. because i really don't know what the answer is because because if you look at the united states we we as much as we have um what the fuck is the farmers markets we have access to you know food supposedly good organic food and supermarkets and stuff like that there are still populations and there are still neighborhoods that have food deserts that have you know an imbalance of access to good healthy organic food so when you look at a company country like india where these motherfuckers got so much organic food that they just send it to other places like there's something to be learned on both sides from the situation and I feel like we as a country need to look at it where they, again, they're trying to keep up with us, but we went too far ahead and we're trying to take a little bit of a step back, you mm-hmm. know? So I think like, again, like there, there's a balance that has to be met with, yes, you want to keep up with the demand and you want to keep up with the food production with your population. But prime example with the United States, we have 700 million people, not even at a billion we, we, you know, same exact thing with India. If they can become self-sufficient and grow all their food, we can do the same exact thing. So, you know, I, I think it's one that's of those true, things. That's true, but at the end of the day, it's like, that's not... Uh, the end of the day is that this is also their livelihood. We're not saying that everybody in America should just stop and then <sighs> make true. their make their front yards, their farm stands, and everyone do that. We'd be, we'd be in a shit predicament because mm-hmm. no one would be out running the country. I think that that's the fatal issue here and i think that that's why i can't even be mad at the indian government which was my original point but i need to back that up by saying they did it not well they did they did it the wrong way you can't run a country under the same pretenses of well there are certain classes of people and there are certain people that do this and that and that and then have them push forward into an industrialized society there has to be training there has to be teaching there has to be incentive there has to be free education there has to be accessibility like you have to integrate 
with knowledge and with respect otherwise it will not work it will crash and you'll fuck over people in the process and if your plan is to fuck people over then you know fuck it it be i'll be it be what it is but that's a lot of lives riding on small decisions of a few people yo that whole thing sounded like texas and vermont to me that didn't even sound like india it sounded like you were talking about the history of two fucked up republics but no i agree with you yes you are correct i'm sorry Sorry, I'm on. Uh, no, but I agree with you. It is completely. You are correct. You are definitely correct. And something's gonna have to be done. Something's gonna have to change. Um, but it's it's not working. It's not gonna work. They've been protesting for days, and the farmers said they're not they're not gonna stop protesting until things are changed where they're okay with whatever's put into place. So we'll let you guys know what's the outcome of this whole boycott slash protest. But as of right now, or at least an update, I don't think that there can be an over, something like a full outcome anytime soon. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you kind of touched, excuse me, uh, you kind of touched a little bit about it, uh, about speaking globally um, a minute ago and bringing it back to the U.S. But, you know, um, I'm worried about our economy. Like, right. I really think that that 2021 is about to be some crazy shit. I mean, 2021 is going to be horrible no matter what. And the UN is predicting that 2021 is shaping up to be a humanitarian catastrophe. And everyone as a whole is like, the thing is, it's like, yeah, it's been nine months of Corona. But yeah, it's been nine months of Corona. So think about like we were just talking about GDP. We're talking about people's mental health multiple times on the podcast. Like it's starting to get to a point where like, this we're only starting to see and the pandemic tip of the, fatigue. Let's yeah, exactly. Pandemic fatigue is another thing we talked about earlier as well. Like all these things are contributing to the rise in cases, the numbers of COVID as we get towards the holiday season. People were running to go see their family and all this shit. The thing is, is we're only starting to see the tip of the iceberg that's in front of the Titanic, and it's scary. Because the thing is, is there's going to be rippling effects to everything that's going to happen that's going to come from all this stuff you know and like some of them obvious some of them subtle unforeseen you know we're getting to the closing bits on the race to see who comes up with the vaccine first it seems like pfizer's vaccine is the safest i'm kind of still that, scared i don't think it's healthy to rush i have to be honest with you i feel like as much as we need one desperately i feel like rushing testing is Scared. I don't disagree because I saw um, a recent study that just came out that said that the vaccines do not seem like they're effective towards, I think it was African American and Asian communities. It was the two specific. It said it doesn't look like it it's as protective or lasts as long as us as it does in other populations of people. Um, and it needs to be more research done on this. And I agree with you. Like, that's the problem is... How many black pushing... and Asian people work at Fiverr? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it goes down to the fact that we're trying to rush science. Like, yes, the technology is there. Yes, the urgency is there. And, of course, Trump and his niggas, they got the money. It's there. But... You cannot rush this type of science. We can't look a blind eye to certain things that would usually be very, very important in human trials. You know, and like yep. I think that's what it really comes down to. And ethical human trials, you yes, know? Yes, yes. 
Yes. And yeah. right now we know that because of the emergency, a lot of different protocols and stuff like that have been halted or altered and not everyone's checking protocol or, or and not every, what I'm saying? And not all the drug companies is going to get the motherfucking contract. That's the other thing. Mm -hmm. So now there's a competition to see who comes up with the vaccine first and who gets approval. You get what I'm saying? For the government to roll it out. Then there's the next discussion that everybody's been trying to figure out for months that no one is really, really like want to put their finger on is who gets the first distributions of the vaccine. You know, everyone's been we've been talking about and we've been seeing the memes about, oh, are you going to willingly do it? Are you going to take it first? Oh, I'm not going to be the first round. But there's going to have to be a first round of people who are going to be mandated. They're going to have to take this. The nurses, the first responders, some of us essential workers are going to have to take this vaccine if we want to keep our jobs, you know? So it's even now, like that moral dilemma, like that's going to rattle the society a little bit. Now, here's the funny thing. There's that. There's that side of the coin and the dilemma. Now, the other side of the coin and the dilemma is what... See, you're doing it. I know. I'm it's fucking hilarious. Um, the other side of the coin and the dilemma is that fucking there what if there's going to be a fight for people who want to get the vaccine and they it's not going to be accessible what if it's going to be too expensive for certain people and shit like that what if it's only going to be because remember the first round of fucking testing i remember some of the numbers that came out i doubt that they were real but some of the numbers that came out were like in the high uh, high hundreds i even saw one that was like a thousand for a covid test when it first, first, first came out, like, come on, I know the vaccine's gonna be ridiculous. So on the one hand, there's people who are gonna be like, I'm not a test dummy, fuck you. And then on the other hand, there's gonna be people who are like, yeah, I don't give a shit, sign me up, I'm scared. So it's like... Wait, wait, and speaking of being scared, in my conspiracy circles, niggas is saying that they're... You got all these circles I don't be a part of, fuck. Because I be on Instagram, nigga. <laughs> the fuck kind of circle? It's COVID. The fuck kind of circle do you be in? I be on motherfucking social distancing circles. Don't be hating. We be 18,000 feet apart. Don't be hating. But um, Let there's talks. Out Pokemon Go is Pokemon Ho. Uh, oh, my God. Pokemon <laughs> No. Um, but there are talks that the army might be the ones who are in charge of distributing the motherfucking oh, virus. Fucking hell but, nah, but again, that could just be clickbait. And my That's conspiracy theory friends. Why the fuck would you trust them with it? I'm drove. I'm. I just gotta put the conspiracy theory out there. That's what this is about. You I gotta got be enough crazy shit too. to worry about. No, fuck that. And then the thing is, like you're saying, like even in private, we got enough shit worried about. The winter is approaching, and it's funny. Winter is coming. It's funny. A year ago, we talked about this. We talked about winter and all this other shit. Our first episode was snowstorm shit, worrying about all these things. They're, wondering if anyone would even listen to our podcast exactly there's a new worry in homeless shelters and the biggest thing that they're worried is like they're facing huge challenges battling against covid right now you know there are large populations of people that are still in shelters right now through the pandemic you know so that's the part that kind of sucks into even like to even just just to wrap your head your, your mind about like all of us who are in the comforts of our home so now there's also this lingering idea, well, lingering idea. There's also this lingering but forgotten thing that, again, like we hopefully the government figures it out with their stimulus package and all the shit that they're trying to pass on pretty soon. But the eviction moratorium that was passed expires on the 31st of this year. Mm. 
So there's going to be a large wave of people that are going to need sheltering. And the system might, it's like they're already reaching its limits. So they don't even know how to prepare for this right now. You know, and the thing is, again, that's why everyone's hoping and praying that this package gets passed and there's some type of legislation. But even then, still, again, we have to hope that um, fucking landlords actually abide to it and don't. And they're not bound to. And they don't force people out because that's even worse. We have to think about it that about 568,000 people experienced homelessness in the United States in 2019. And homelessness has only increased in many communities due to the pandemic. And there was a recent study by a Columbia University professor that has projected that the number of people without permanent housing could climb up by up to by 45 percent this year due to the mass unemployment. Do the fucking math, bro. Forty five percent. That's. Honestly, just to give you a perspective, when we were in that recession and we were worried in like 09, back when Obama was in office and we were like, oh my God, it's a recession. What's going to happen? It's going to be the next Great Depression. And we were all scared. Just to give you an idea, the unemployment rate was like eight, seven, eight percent, maybe. So just just to, to clarify. So we're saying now. How, uh, homelessness so people not even being able to afford homes because of the lack of jobs and steady household income is going to be up by 45% that means that's the, the two problems here one that even if people are employed they're not making a livable wage and two that means that there just aren't enough jobs for everybody and they're out fucking homeless dying in the streets and shelters can't keep up if if the hospitals couldn't keep up with covid what on god's green earth is going to make anybody think that the shelter system which was already failing and we fucking knew it was but because the homeless people are the people who are forgotten about in our society we just didn't give a fuck now everybody's realizing that you can easily become homeless just by a bad fucking week and it's like, oh, now we have to care. Yeah, you nigga, fuck care. a week. You get, you could be homeless by an invisible bug. They won't let you go to work. And the thing is, and what? this goes, but you hating? Don't we hating? I'm sorry. I'm calling. oh COVID. Yeah. Oh, I get it. And the reason we brought this up Damn, is I because was so confused. I was like, I didn't see that in fucking Men in Black. What are you talking about? <laughs> And the reason we bring this up is because, like, with the UN and the global economists, they're looking at the numbers. They're looking at the amount of global relief that is needed for all these things. Again, like, we talk about just in the United States. This is our unemployment. Think about all the other countries around the world that are being shut down, that are being affected the exact same way, that need global relief and bailout. The UN is basically saying these banks are at their end. They can't keep doing it. They actually are basically saying that going forward, they're going to have to be very, very strict on who and what gets money, Mm -hmm. even on COVID relief and getting the COVID vaccine to certain countries. They warned first world countries and said straight up, don't go to these other countries and plague them with trying to get your vaccine. Don't do that. So it's one of those things like everyone is rushing, trying to save themselves and save everyone and save the world. But at the exact same time, it's coming at a cost. It's coming at a blind cost. And the thing is, it's we can't even see it yet. Whatever this is, 
it, it, when it fucking hits us, it's gonna be too late. And and the thing is, we're not trying to be you know morbid or bleak or anything like that. But it's the fact of the matter that like that there's something coming. We didn't see COVID coming, but there's something else coming out that is going to be a result of COVID that we all can see is about to happen that we can kind of prepare for and we can brace ourselves. So I think again, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Being open communication, having good support systems. Um, and just again, like we always say, just check out on everybody in your spurk in your circles, man. Honestly, in your sparkles. In your sparkles. Uh, and also more, you know, lighthearted shit. Uh, the <laughs> recent versus battle that's coming up is uh, the next one. Fucking exciting. So the next versus. What did I say? You said the recent one. Oh. The recent this one was. High. The recent one we didn't really talk about, but it was really fucking good, was Gucci versus Jeezy. Actually, yeah, let's talk about that one. That one was really good. Um, a lot of people, if you haven't seen it, you probably saw all the memes or you heard about the... Or it's the first time you're hearing about it and you're like, who the f- is, is Gucci? I thought that was Or it's Ice Cream Man versus the Snowman. So for a lot of us, I remember you guys, I think we was in <laughs> middle school. That's They talk drugs, baby. Yeah, we was in middle school and they had the Snowman shirts. And they was telling you that they was banned from the school and you can't wear them. And everybody's like, why? It's just a snowman. It's just a snowman. Nah, that shit was gang related and it's talking about drugs. So that was our boy Jeezy. And then Gucci Man was the crazy nigga who got the ice cream cone on his face. Who'd be like, and shit. (laughs) They both from Atlanta. I think they both actually live. They from like the close, close neighborhood. They live down the street from each other. They're close. They're neighbors. But um, they had ongoing beef from a while back. What happened was was Jeezy's right hand man, um, some I think for the name something Loke, Shorty Loke, something Loke. I don't I'm, I don't mean to disrespect. Rest in peace. Um, he went to go assassinate Gucci, and Gucci <laughs> killed him. I don't mean to disrespect. And, and, rest in peace. He went to go assassinate. He uh, did. He I know, to, but just like the the he, way in which you casually continue that that's fucking hilarious don't act like that's not funny fucking sequence okay that shit is fucking hilarious any other point in conversation where you're just out in public talking to somebody yeah yeah ain't nobody casually talking about assassinations yeah i didn't mean to disrespect Uh, i couldn't remember his name off the top of my head anyways so right the kid uh he was on his way to go assassinate a motherfucker yeah he he went to go assassinate gucci and gucci and um in self-defense unfortunately killed him so there's been like this ongoing beef between Gucci Man and Jeezy, um, and it, it kind of sucks that it's happened because again they they live in very close proximity. They knew of each other, and their music beef turned into real life unfortunate real life casualties, and that's the part that sucks about hip hop, and we all know about that. But what was really cool to see with this versus battle was them kind of squash everything. I can't say squash everything because. Um, Gucci Man was very, very, very aggressive in his entire time. Gucci Man didn't give a fuck about none of the songs he dropped. It wasn't about his hits. He dropped a few hits, but every song he definitely dropped, he was talking shit about Jeezy. And Jeezy was really just dropping his one album that he had and a few <laughs> other hits outside of it. He was so, dropping his one album. So to be honest, like music-wise, I think they were very equally matched. The energy was very static and highly charged and very, it was very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable, especially at one point. Gucci Man 
played the song specifically where he talks about killing um, the Jesus the man. And what what made it comfortable was at the end of it, everyone's probably saw the the, the little clip where Gucci's like kind of bragging about it, and Jeezy had to smother out the flames and tried to be the bigger man and basically pass on the olive branch to him and try to make call a truce is what we all witnessed and we kind of saw happen. And it was really, really dope to see, you know, guys who unfortunately allowed, how can I say it, their personas, their egos, all this other shit get into the way where actual real lives were taken away from them. You know, mm-hmm. to see them be able to hash all that shit away, figure everything out and get past it as men later on down the line. I think that was really nice for the culture of hip hop as a whole. So that was like, the I think the best thing about that entire verse is. Mm. But honestly, the rest of it was it, it was kind of mediocre. It was uncomfortable energy. I'm pretty fucking excited for Keisha Cole and Asante though. Yes, that one nigga. I think I need some baby oil because I'm going to be beating my wow. meat for days. I need baby um, baby oil. I need some um shit. What's that? What's the, what's the whipped cream? It's gonna be. I need I'm some some some, some, some scrawberries. Shit, they're gonna be hitting all them high notes. I'm gonna be so excited. And Ashanti, I hope she dressed on how she be looking on her Instagram. You're fucking funny. <laughs> I'm seeing her excited. I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to relive some of my favorite fucking songs. Me too. I'm so Always excited. there when you call. Always on time. Gave you my own. And baby. Over. Over. You never knew. Over. Over. Because um, it's murder. <laughs> <laughs> like that's my point, yo. This shit's gonna be hot. And the Keisha Cole, the thing about Keisha Cole, yo, Keisha yo, Cole, so she heartbroken. Was, yo, 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 you know, you know who would have been really good? Keisha Cole versus Monica. That just would have been heartbreak no, central. No, the, the thing is, like, the sad part about Keisha Cole is all her songs about heartbreak, but them shit is always up tempo. She got like like five sad, sad, sad songs, and the rest of them shits. Like yeah, then she's sad. basically being like, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. So, I'm going to be all right. I- I'm excited for this. They both still look good. I'm not sure what they're doing in their music. I mean, we just saw I'm Ashanti. and find out. Ashanti was in Jordan Lucas's one of his recent videos on his album, um, looking like a bitty. Oh, my Jesus, Ashanti. Shit. I love her. Yeah, shit, me three. <laughs> You're funny. And Keisha Cole, I really, I haven't heard a lot from her. I know. I know it's been a while. I'm honestly really excited to 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 hear about them, to have them, you know, talk on a platform and tell you tell us what they want us to know. I think for the culture, it's really cool. We just had the Brandy and um, Monica one, like mm-hmm. you said. You know, mm-hmm. they had that little lingering beef. I think what's really cool about this one as well. Versus is basically just squashing <laughs> real life beef because that's what I was about to bring up now because it looks like Ashanti and Keisha Cole back when they were in the prime in their shit on the beginning of their careers in 2004, um, they had rumored beef between the two of them. And what it was was that supposedly both of them were have alleged to be romantically involved with a producer at the exact same time. But the thing is, with like looking at the timeline, there was an issue with that, and it was like problematic because Nelly and Ashante were also technically actually together at this time. 
But the thing is, is after all the information or the rumors came out, Ashanti and Nelly broke up. So there really has never been real clarification or anything or whatever the fuck. But whatever beef that was rumored to have kind of come to life during that situation was squashed. And the ladies are actually on good terms now. Um, Keisha Cole is actually happily married. Ashanti is being one of the best biddies on Instagram. If you do not have <laughs> her on Instagram, add her on Instagram. You will not regret me. I promise you. I promise you. Um, but I'm excited and it's really cool because that versus is going to be this upcoming Saturday, December 12th at 5 p.m. And it's, um, what is that? That's five hours after your release that you're going to be doing as Word. well. So you can buy some pottery and then cook yourself a little dinner, watch yourself some little TV, and then you could listen to some verses and party. Hey, hey. All hey, the men hey. Are, all hey, the, hey. All the men. Do not piss your women off this Saturday. You, that bitch will leave you this Saturday. She's going to cut on the verses, hear some shit. She's going to look over at your stanky ass and look over at your shit-stained drawers mm. and be like, I don't need you, nigga. And then she going to mm. leave. So I'm just telling you, do not piss her off between the hours of 12 and 5 on 12-12. But just tell her to tune her in anyway. at pudgyproductions.com yes. at 12 Yes. On twelve, twelve. You know, just like, just, just yes, letting you know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Oh shit. I don't have a mustache, so I'm stroking my big ass nose. Yes. Man, you're fine. <laughs> but I'm really excited for this next episode that we're gonna have with my friend. Word. We got some really cool plans. Like we know since it's been our one year inception, we've talked about a lot of things. We've done a lot of things. We played with a lot of things. <laughs> Not like. And we're gonna keep on doing it. Yeah. And uh, we just want to keep growing and keep trying to do more shit. Honestly, that's what it really comes down to. We've been having fun with this. We've been enjoying it. We hope you guys enjoy it. And we've just been trying to find better ways to continue to improve and just keep bringing quality content. Word. We're, we have plenty of more ideas. You're going to see us doing some great shit. Yeah, we're definitely going to have a lot more people coming on. Uh, right now with one COVID, two holiday season, it's been very difficult scheduling time with guests. But that is something that we're definitely going to be doing more of going forward. So that's why my friend Nay is going to be one of the first kind of guests in this series going forward. We hype. Yeah, because we, we got a lot of, of dope-ass people around us that are doing a lot of amazing things. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get a platform to talk about this shit and other people to hear about it, how are we supposed to know about it? You know, so we just want them to come on here and let's talk some shit. Facts. Facts. Straight facts, huh? You falling asleep over there? What you doing? You sucking on toes? Motherfucker. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, I am. Oh, shit. I don't give a fuck. That's all Gucci. So this one, we're going to cut a little bit short. We love you guys. We appreciate everybody coming through. Word. Keep and up. you know my usual. And if you don't know my usual, you should go listen to a previous episode and hear my usual. Oh, you're not going to say wipe your ass, brush your teeth? I just told them to go listen to another episode. Oh, all right. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to incept the plug. All right. My bad. I'm trying to incept the plug. Oh. Everybody oh, be safe out there. Incept the plug. Hey. We know a lot of y'all motherfuckers is planning some trips, moving around, doing some things. Just continue to be safe. Be diligent. Do your due diligence. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we love y'all. Thank Word. you guys. We appreciate you so much. Facts. And we'll see y'all next week. Yes, I. We're excited. Love y'all. Word. I'm excited too. Be Peace. safe. <laughs>